take up battle. This past week on our Newman night, we had a marriage panel, which is one of my favorites of the year. And so we had these three married couples and on Zoom and talking to us. And the students asked, how did you know this was the one? And this girl, she said, you know, when I was 21 in Flagstaff and I was, people were giving me a lot of drinks, he walked up to me and said, hey, here's a rum and Coke. Actually, it's just Coke. And she's like, thank you. And she said, and now he gets up in the middle of the night with our one-year-old daughter to help take care of her. And so I guess the reason I knew he was the one is that he keeps showing up for me. You You and I know what it's like when someone shows up for us, when they're there for us. And we also can tell when someone's not there for it. They're, they're there to use us or they, they want us to do something for them. Our hearts were made to be loved in that way. And Jesus shows us that he is completely for us. That he holds nothing back in, in going to battle against Satan and suffering and death for our good. And what he invites us to do is to join him in that. That's why our, our opening prayer, if you caught it, it has this line in it. Is, As we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint. It, that how we join in the Lord fighting for us is these, these weapons that are so different. Like, it'd be easier if we had, like, a sword or something. I mean, that feels kind of cool. Maybe we'd be more apt to use it. But the weapons that Jesus gives us in our gospel are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And arguably, those things are actually harder. And they're internal things. And I think in our culture today, we're, we're, in a way, we're, we're weaker than ever internally. I mean, I even feel that, too, when... You sit there and you're like, how long have I been on TikTok? Like, right? Like that's an internal discipline. And, and so these, the things that are given to us in Lent are meant to help us in this battle that it doesn't always, I mean, it feels like a battle at times. I don't see a battle, but I feel it. That this is what the Lord invites us to do. So prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. First, prayer. Prayer, it's our relationship with God. The one who is love and wants me to know love. The one who's the prince of peace and wants peace. The one who desires that his joy be in us and our joy be complete. That when I open myself up to prayer, I'm opening myself up to the one who wants those things for me. Love and peace and joy. And I work so hard at these other things that I think will make me happy when really he just wants to give it to me. And so my suggestion would be, and it's semi-ambitious, but is to take 15 minutes at the beginning of the day. Imagine beginning our day with the Lord who's fighting for my happiness and speaking truth versus, versus me hearing the grade I got 
on my last test. Or thinking about what my ex said about me. That instead of hearing those messages, I hear this voice of, I love you, I'm with you, let's do this day together. And then to end the day, perhaps with another 15 minutes, where we sit and reflect on, what did I experience today? What, what was a great blessing? And what really just irked me? And the Lord says, ooh, tell me about that. And it's an amazing way to, especially if we struggle with falling asleep, that to take that time and just talk to the Lord and kind of get it all out, our minds racing. Instead, just take that racing and share it with the Lord. Say, Lord, my mind's going crazy right now. And he says, I want to hear all about it. We share our thoughts, feelings, and desires, whatever is on our hearts. It's that prayer. Second, fasting. Fasting is totally inconvenient. Like, the idea of saying no to something good, but, but we say no to something good in order to say yes to a greater good. Like, if you, were, if you were engaged and someone said, hey, do you want to take that girl out? You're like, no, because I am engaged. Like, this is a no that's oriented to a bigger, better yes, right? And so we do that in our lives to focus on what's most important. I know I was talking to this app developer um, yesterday on the phone, uh, and he was sharing with me, he's like, I'm creating an app, um, and imagine, Father, you go to like Facebook or something, you know, or you go to TikTok, and, it, and when you click on it, all of a sudden it brings up a window, and it says, hey, by the way, you said you wanted to pray, you wanted to go for a walk, and you know, so have you done those things, or you can just go on to TikTok. I was like, man, I could really use that. Like, just a second thought to think about, is this what I want? So I said, when you figure out that app, let me know. Um, but maybe, maybe not turning off social media, but what if we use it in a positive direction? Some people turn it off and find that very helpful for Lent, and they usually don't miss it. But uh, Father Mike Schmitz has a podcast of a Bible in a year. It's about 20 minutes a day. So you, in the time it takes to walk to class and back, or you know, maybe when you're getting up in the morning or, or, or you're doing your workout or something, that you can actually be fed with God's plan and goodness and in the course of a year, you'd read and listen to the whole Bible. Or there's another app. They reached out to us, hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W.com. If you type in hallow.com slash Catholic Jacks, you can actually get a three-month uh, free trial. And it's, it's basically, it's a meditation, it's a prayer that you can just hit play. Because some people are like, I don't even know how to pray, Father. Well, you hit play, and it kind of like walks you through, talks you through a prayer, talks you through a meditation, um, and it kind of helps you. It teaches us how to pray. So those, those are a couple ideas. How do we take what we have and put into that medium positive things that are good for me? Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. If we thought prayer was hard, almsgiving... I think that's one of the harder ones even for college students. I remember being in college and I heard this talk and then they passed the basket and I thought, man, that really moved me. I'd love to be able to do something. You know what? Hashtag adulting. I pulled out my wallet and 
and I looked, and I was like, all right, I'm going to, and then I looked, and all I had was a $20 bill. And I was like, but I said I would do it. God knew that. God's going to take care of me. And so by God's grace in that moment, I said, I'm just going to try it. I tried it. I threw the 20 in there, and I'm still here today. (laughs) Right? Like, you feel like, if I give my money away, like, how am I going to pay for get Chipotle tomorrow, you know? Like, I... But so almsgiving at its heart is, do I trust God to take care of me? Or do I have to rely on me to take care of me? And also, it comes from a place of blessing. Do I feel blessed in my life? And when I feel blessed, a healthy sign of being blessed is I want other people to be blessed as well. Like I have, and I'm so grateful, I, want, I don't have to like protect myself from other people, but I want to share with other people. And there's something good, it opens up our heart. Our heart is like a river, that if it's just a lake, like the Dead Sea, just the water goes in without going out, it turns dead. But if it's a river that things flow in and out, that's healthy. That's like the Sea of Galilee in the Holy Land. And so why is, I think, I think these practices, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, I think they're more important than ever because, I don't know if you remember, remember last year during Lent when COVID hijacked Lent? And I remember like thinking to myself, like, forget what I was going to do because apparently I'm doing COVID for Lent. It's been a long Lent. No, so, <laughs> but, so, but that's, that's something happening to me. But what's powerful about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving is it's me acting back. It's me being reminded that I'm in control of my life. There's a lot of things that I can't control, but I can choose to do these hard things that are good for me, and, and it does something to me. I say that from experience. As I look back, one of uh, probably my best Lent, if we had to give out trophies, was the year after college. And in that time, it was actually the hardest year of my life. The girl I had dated and thought about marrying, we broke up. And I saw all the plans for my future of happiness just slip between my fingers. And I felt like all these things are happening that I, that I can't stop. And I can't make myself be happy. And I didn't realize that at the time, but looking back, I was really depressed. That what is depression? It's when the things of life are pressing in on me and I feel like I can't stop it. I feel like a victim. But then came Lent. And for whatever reason, by God's grace, I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go all in. And so I looked around at what other people were doing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to daily mass and I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to fast from certain foods. And and I found something. That as I showed up every day and grinded against my own self-will and I fought for my happiness, what I discovered was the Lord showing up every time fighting for me and with me. That as I stepped into that desert of difficulty, 
that I encountered the Lord waiting for me, already at work, fighting for my happiness. And I emerged from that Lent just with the most joy I had had in my life up to that time. That when we choose to show up and fight, that the Lord's already in the battle. And what he waits for us is to, is to open the door and to let him in. There was a young lady who came a week and a half ago and I saw, and I remember this lady, this girl from the student, because she had a pretty rough journey here at NAU. Her and I had many conversations about her depression, about her cutting, and how low she experienced herself, even to the point where she had to do inpatient treatment. And when she showed up a week and a half ago, she was so alive, and she even gave me a hug, and I was like, oh yeah, COVID, no hugs, whatever. But, and I sit and I looked at her, and I was like, what's going on? And she said, she said, I finished physical therapy school, and I have a job, I'm a doctor, and I'm just helping people, and I've never been happier. And I'm like, I know your, st-. I didn't say that, I'm like, I know your story. So what I said to her was, what happened? And she said, I started showing up for myself. There are a lot of people who want to help us on our journey. But we hold the power of that key to let them in. That we hold the most important position, the driver's seat. To say, what will I do? Will I choose to do battle or not? But what we find when we open that door is the Lord who says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door, I will come in and have supper with him. That our Lord has been fighting for our good for a long time. And what he desires is for us to join him in that, which makes his work effective. And for you and I, it's not about winning the battle. He's already done that. But it's about showing up Even after multiple failures, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday or this whole year. It's past. What matters is choosing today to show up for the battle for my happiness, for my eternal joy. And what we will find is the Lord right there battling with us and for us every step of the way.